You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. We are live. Welcome to a special brand new edition of On to the Next One. The matchmaking hats are back on following a, I'm going with chaotic, a chaotic UFC 293 event. And ladies and gentlemen, it is real. We're not joking. MMA is supposedly a real thing. Sean Strickland is the UFC middleweight champion after dominating Israel Adesanya over five rounds, winning four of the five rounds. Sean Strickland gets it done. One of the craziest results that we could ever think of. And golly, man, Sean Strickland is the middleweight champion of the world. And we are here to discuss what this all means from a matchmaking perspective. I am Mike Heck and joining me, as you can see to my right, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity. He's my best friend, and he's probably on his little sleep, maybe even less than I am right now. But we're here to battle through this all. He is the legend, Alexander Kaylee. AK, good morning. What is going on? He did the damn thing. He did the damn thing. You know, we we uh, I think we had braced ourselves appropriately, Mike. I know, I know it was gonna come as a shock no matter what, but if anyone just glances at the MAFighting.com headlines from the last seven, eight, nine days, every headline involving the story was something to the effect of, can Sean Strickland do this? If Sean Strickland does this, how crazy will that be? Where will this rank? We were already uh, proofing our brains, I think, to the possibility of a Sean Strickland win. None of us, I think, predicted it would go down this way. Uh, even if he thought he would win a decision. Because I, I said in my predictions, there's two ways this could go. Like if by some chance he lands that lucky shot because 
He's not known for having knockout power. So I didn't even think that was super lucky, uh, super likely, excuse me. So I didn't see it that way. But again, it's a fight. These guys hit hard. It could always happen. We almost saw it in the first round. And my other thought was, well, if he does like a constant pressure, maybe like Juliana Pena thing and breaks Izzy down. But he just outstruck him. Like he just outstruck him. You you can say uh, Izzy wasn't at his best. Fine. It probably wasn't. It probably, probably was not the best version of Izzy, but that doesn't matter. This might not have been the best version of Sean Strickland we've seen either, frankly. He he uh he might not have had to be at his best. He was he was as good as he needed to be. He outstruck him for five rounds. This was not a again, this was not a Pena Nunez like I'm just gonna outpace you and, and you know break down your cardio and hope you have an off night. He outstruck him. None of us predicted that. None of us thought he would win the fight that way. So a uh, huge victory for Sean Strickland. I've said in the past how I feel about the man personally. I'm not a fan. I'll probably keep saying it throughout the show and saying it every time the man's name comes up in the future. But uh, there's no question in my mind if we're if we're giving uh, you know credibility to that title that he's the number one 185-pound fighter in the world right now. So as the preview show was going on Friday, I was beginning to f- feel a little bit vibey about it. And if you watch the watch party last night, I was feeling the vibes more and more that something very bizarre and chaotic and strange was going to happen. And I don't know. It was weird. I called somehow I called for an Ezekiel choke in the co-main events and it happened. And then somehow I kind of put this all out into the universe and Sean came out with this focus, just a different look on his face for the first time, it's like he almost like felt the pressure and he's ready to turn into the diamonds. It was just a different look from him. And then from there, I was like, oh, my God, like this could really happen. And then the first round is playing out and not much is happening. Izzy's just kind of cruising along. He's Sean's not really throwing much. He's defending pretty well. Izzy's landing shots here and there. And then, AK, when everything started to become real, let me play this clip from last Please. night. Let's play this clip from last night. Final minute of the first round. We're talking about how Sean is like, all right, he's not getting the doors blown off him. He's hanging in there. He's not making any real mistakes. Izzy doesn't, even New Yorker was saying, Izzy doesn't really respect Sean's power right now. He's just, Izzy's just kind of dancing around, showing no, no respect for the man, no fear. And then all of a sudden, this happened. Doors blown off. Oh, oh. no, no. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh man. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh my it's God, he's landing big shots. He's landing huge shots. Is he fighting to get back up? Left hands. Is he covering up? Is he covering up against the fence? He just gave a thumbs up. This is insane. 10 seconds to go in the round. Whoa. How just happened? Wow, 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 wow. Is right. Holy cow. Holy. Wow. Whoa. Sean Strickland knocks down Israel Adesanya, almost gets him out of there. Izzy bounces back in round two and kind of evens things up. Sean clearly wins round three. Round four was probably a Strickland round. Like, I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but watching it live, it was was pretty close. I think I even scored it for Izzy just because not much happened. But I think the right call was Strickland winning the fourth round. And then the fifth round, you could just tell that Sean Strickland, not just without striking him, he broke Israel Adesanya. Like, he broke the man. All that man who is maybe one of the most confident strikers we have ever seen in the sport was broken. Sean just demoralized him. And even in the end, like the last 20 seconds of the fight, he's screaming at Izzy. Come on, man. Come on. Let's go. He's yelling obscenities at him. He's trying to get Izzy to fight back. And Izzy just wouldn't do it. 
this is incredible, AK. This is incredible. Sean Strickland just goes out there and beats him. And now, from a matchmaking perspective, and look, here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, pull that up. Was going to be the most shocking outcome for the just for the three of us. Yeah, it was. That doesn't mean, like, just because I said it was shocking doesn't mean, like, the vibes weren't there. You know what I mean? I even said on the previous show, I'm like, can you imagine if Sean Strickland goes out there and Cody Garbrands him and just styles on him? And he did. This is incredible. Nobody saw this coming. If you did, you're full of shit. You're full <laughs> of shit if you predicted this. Yeah, I'm sorry. By the not way. That, yeah. If you bet on Sean Strickland, like that's one thing, but that's a value thing. That's not because yes. you were totally confident that, that was going to happen last night. Which, and you know it. Which, by the way, uh, I did. As a hedge, as a hedge, I had, uh, I, I want to go to a comment in YouTube. Uh, Joe Doe says that uh, Izzy was going to seal a six like partly for me. I was going to hedge with a small Ben and Strickland both of the fight and said, eh, it's Izzy will win. Why bother? LOL. I almost had that same thought, but uh, as a rookie gambler, I do listen to my mentor slash devil on my shoulder, Jed Mishu, who says, always hedge. Uh, my le- my bet was, again, you know, uh, a small wager, small wager. Uh, my bet was uh, Hack Parast, Pedro, Tapa, Cop, and then uh, Izzy. So pretty confident about all those. I think the only one I was sweating a little was, oh, uh, Cop, <laughs> the Cop fight. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um but then when it got to that main event, I really, I did kind of get that weird feeling, Mike. And also the value on, on um, Strickland at that point was still almost like plus 500. So I was like, whatever, you know what, let's cover, let's be smart. Let's, uh, let's cover it up. If I win my, my parlay, okay, I, I shave a few dollars off it, whatever. But uh, yeah, it worked out. So uh, always hedge people. And in a sense, I did bet on Sean Strickland, but again, only for practical purposes, I had no confidence that he was going to win that fight at all. None. And then to top it off, like a lot of the betting sites like DraftKings ended up boosting Izzy to plus 100 up to a $25 bet. So like anyone who put any money on Izzy on DraftKings was like, okay, I'll just go ahead and take that too. Wow. This is all insane. So now things get real interesting because a lot of the questions heading into the fight was, well, what's going to happen if Israel wins, because he was a, that was the likely outcome in everybody's mind. He was the massive betting favorite stylistically, this favorite is he in a lot of different ways. Sean just showed up and stuck to a game plan, which he just never has done. Really. He just went in there and listened to everything for 25 minutes. Just did a fantastic job. So he did say after that their plan was to wrestle. He did say, really? after that, like he said at the post fight press conference that they wanted to wrestle more. They worked on wrestling a lot, but he said, once he got in there, he was like, we just, I think he, and I think also after the first round, I think they called an audible. They're like, yeah. Oh, actually after you've rocked him, you know, they're like, yeah, stay on the feet. <laughs> don't, don't bother. Cause he, he did say um, that they, they, they had discussed a lot about possibly wrestling, but I think it was the right move not to, I, I, I mean, I For think, sure. I don't need to say, I think we just saw what happened. He beat Izzy over five rounds. He's a middleweight champion of the world. Yeah, he didn't get too aggressive. Like usually, Sean comes in and just th- just just throws a million punches, and yeah. he didn't. He didn't. Did not he happen. let Izzy try to be the offensive guy, and Izzy d- wasn't ready for it. Everything was just brilliant about it. It was just a brilliant performance, brilliant coaching. Eric Nixick got me all fired up when he was shouting instructions in the corner of Sean Strickland. Like everything was just was just unbelievable. So now the questions change. It's not what's next for Izzy. And we'll get there as well. Sean Strickland, the middleweight champion. The questions heading in about Izzy was, is it going to be Drickus Duplessis? Is it going to be Hamza Shamayev if he, if he beats Paul Acosta? But now everything has changed, AK. Sean Strickland's on the champion. All of a sudden, DDP's in play. Hamza Shamayev's in play. Israel Adesanya's in play. Paulo Costa's in play. And even Robert Whitaker is back in play 
with this title change. I mean, he's he's not going to get it, but he's back in the mix. So this is all just absolutely insane. Dana White said at the post-fight press conference, I want to do the rematch. Izzy looks slow, wasn't himself, all of that stuff. What do we do now? Sean Strickland, middleweight champion. Are we running this back? Are we going a different direction? If you had if if you had to guess here, and this is what the show's all about, who's Sean Strickland fighting in his first middleweight title defense? Uh, I'm going Trickus Duplissy. Uh, I just could not be less interested in an Izzy uh, Strickland rematch right now. We didn't want this fight in the first place. We didn't want this fight in the first place. Yes, Strickland pulling off the upset makes it slightly more intriguing, but this wasn't a fluke. This wasn't a fluke win. He beat him. He beat him fair and square. I might not like it, but he beat him fair and square. Who who can dispute this? Um, do I could can you make a case? Is he had an off night? Yeah, we'll probably be saying this for a while. Um, uh, uh, Coach Eugene, Coach Eugene said that. Well, of course, giving Strickland the t- he said he said Adesanya had an off night because Strickland made him have an off night. So he kind of you know he kind of gave uh, you know protected his fighter a little bit while also still giving props to the new champion. So, uh, and, and I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Maybe it was an off night for Izzy, but that was, you know, um, that wasn't entirely because of him. It's because the guy who was in his face punching him. Uh, so I don't really want to see it again. If it happens, it happens. Uh, um, but everything about this fight was, except for the result, which again was uh, certainly headline worthy. I didn't think the pre-fight hype was that exciting. I didn't think their beefing was that interesting. I thought the pre- I don't know if people enjoyed the trash talk. I it, I didn't even think it was like a, a bad and a so bad as funny way. I just thought it was boring. I thought both guys were really boring in the way they approached the fight. Um, maybe that's just me. If people want more of whatever that was, the press conference, then have at it. But DDP is the clear-cut number one contender. I don't know what else he has to do to earn a shot. Really, this should have been his fight anyway, except that, you know, the scheduling didn't work out. Izzy wanted to fight in New Zealand. Uh, in Australia, excuse me. And... Uh, so it had to go down that way. But I think denying TDP a title shot would be incredibly dumb. Uh, so I think that's the way we have to go. I, I like the matchup with him and Strickland. I, I will I will not. I think Strickland, I don't know how long he holds on to the title. It's going to be the underdog in pretty much every matchup, um, including this one. But I don't think, after seeing what happened on Saturday, I don't think that we can just comfortably say DDP rolls over Strickland at all. So I get where you're coming from, but... Sean Strickland and everything that comes from Sean Strickland winning the title is pure and utter chaos. So honestly, I think besides Israel Adesanya, I think the guy who probably lost out the most on this is Drickus Duplessis because he's kind of fallen off the radar and everything going on. Jared Cannonier has a win over Sean Strickland. He waited as the backup. I'm certainly not picking Jared Cannonier here uh, to get this title shot. However, there is the big fight coming up at UFC 294 between Hamza Chemaev and Paul Acosta. Whoever wins that fight is going to be Sean Strickland's next opponent. That is what's going to happen, uh, in my personal opinion. Either Paul Acosta is going to slay the dragon, the unbeatable Hamza Chemaev, or Hamza Chemaev is just going to absolutely run over Paul Acosta. And there's just no way in a sport like this where it's always, what have you done for me lately? The most recent moment is the most important moment. There's no way Dana White's not going to that press conference and not saying that whoever wins that fight is going to be next in line. And it just creates all these different opportunities. Now, DDP not taking this fight, whether or not it was a quick turnaround or not, you know, Dana even said it. You know how I feel about people not taking fights and taking these opportunities when they come. So I kind of feel like DDP, one, just because of that, and two, just not even being in Sydney. I thought that was a huge misstep on his part not being there. He's kind of out of the 
he's kind of out of the picture. So I kind of feel like they're just going to chuck him in there with Jared Cannonier, which is unfortunate for DDP because he really doesn't need to do this. But again, we say this all the time, especially for the newer fans. This isn't a meritocracy. This is about putting the weirdest, craziest fights together. And Strickland against Shamayev or Strickland against Costa is a way bigger fight than Strickland versus DDP right now. And honestly, I feel like that's what's going to happen. And Sean Strickland's not going to be one of those guys that's going to be play a political game. He's going to be like, all right, you want me to fight that dude? I'll fight that dude. You want me to fight both these guys at the same time? Okay, I'll fight both these guys at the same time. So, man, Paul Costa is in a much better position now. Hamzat Shamayev is in a great position right now. And I feel like DDP just kind of takes a step back in all of this, whether it's fair or not. So that's where I'm going with this. And now the more interesting question, AK, what's next for Israel Adesanya? Because if we're going with the Shamayev Costa winner, and look, there is a very conceivable real world where the UFC just says, I don't care what any of you say. We're just going with the, the winner of this fight. Like we're just going to run it back. What's next for Adesanya? Does he just do we just throw him in there at DDP as kind of like the number one contender? Because you could certainly do that. Like, if you need a pay per view headliner, if you're going back to if you're going to Africa or if you're going to South Africa, or even if you're going back to to Australia, you could throw that in there. Or going to New Zealand, you could throw that in there as a main event for pay per view, and people are going to watch it. Where do we go with Israel Adesanya? Because neither of us are picking the rematch here. No, neither of us are picking the rematch. That's correct. Uh, you kind of mentioned, and this isn't my pick, but I, I do have, I want to ask you a couple of questions. One being, uh, firstly, before we completely move on to Edison, you mentioned Jared Cannonier. Um, you, you, it's weird because he's kind of does deserve a shot at Strickland, right? Based on him weighing in, which according to Dana White immediately makes you the number one contender, according to the Colby Covington rule. And two, he beat, you know, Sean Strickland not long ago. We're talking last December, like this is still within 12 months. And it was a close fight. Uh, it, it, you know, the UFC can always pass over Jared for that reason, saying, well, you know, we look back at the footage, could have gone either way. It wasn't like you can dominate him. But I thought that was a, you know, that's a win. That's a win in the books for Jared. Uh, again, and not too long ago. For Jared, just two fights ago. For Sean, I guess it's now three fights ago, three or four fights ago. He's so active. Um, so that was a smart thing for Strickland to do. It, it kind of puts Jared in the rearview mirror. But is there any chance you think he gets the, is there any chance you think he gets the teleshot? Cannoneer? Yeah. The only way I see this happening is if we're booking the schedule for the rest of the year and every plan they had for December uh, falls through. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, well, Sean will just fight and Hamzad's not going to be ready or Paul's not going to be ready. Izzy's not going to be ready. Uh, Jared, are you ready? Maybe you could do that. But other than that, I just I don't see it. I don't yeah. see it. Um, Cannoneers doesn't seem super high on their priority list. Like he got that main event win over Marvin Vittori, kind of beat the hell out of Marvin Vittori in that fight. That was he fought Marvin Vittori, right? Cannoneer, yeah, just beat yeah. Him. That's I'm just I'm trying to remember. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just in the days right now. Um, and there were talks about maybe doing Cannoneer versus Hamzat instead. So I mean, the the way Cannoneer has said it is like either I'm fighting for the belt or I'm in a number one contender fight. So to me. Cannonier fighting DDP or fighting anybody is fine with him as long as it's written somewhere. At least he's told via handshake and verbal agreement that he's next in line, which doesn't really mean much no. in the sport. So, yeah, outside of like we need something fast to fill a spot, I don't think that's fine. I don't think it happens. 
Uh, and then uh, regarding uh, Disney and DDP, are you interested in that as like the co-main event on a pay-per-view somewhere? Because there's still a lot of heat there. It was never about the title, really. We wouldn't get five rounds, which would suck, because I do think that's a fight that could be an entertaining five-rounder. And, and, and you also lose that title entry. But if Izzy, I don't know the next time he's getting a title shot, uh, or if he can even win it back, that's a huge, you know, then you then you can't just shelve that fight forever. So did, did you like, uh, again, you sort of mentioned it, but is that one you think that... Um, that they should do him and just, just do him and DDP just book it as soon as you can. So, I mean, I, I might as well just kind of go into what I'm thinking here. So, cause we talked about this on the post fight show, like what are we going to do with Israel Adesanya now? And Eugene Berriman is like, Oh, we'll, we'll fight him next weekend and beat him. And Jed said, no, he should just take some time and move to two Oh five. And Shaheen was like, Oh no, we could do this. My whole thing is, it's such a weird contrast at MMA because to become a star, you have to be active and in the limelight and fight as often as possible. But once you get to a certain point and you become the champion, it's like Izzy has just been go, 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 go for the last three or so years. Like this dude's fighting like every three, four months, like clockwork. And we talk about it in pro wrestling and we talk about it in MMA here. Sometimes you just got to leave for a little while so like people can remember who you are. Like even a guy like Colby Covington, who you either love the man or you hate him. But even the people who don't like Colby, when he showed up after a year of just having his head in the sand, after everything that happened with Mazadal, dude just shows up in London and weighs in. And it created like such a buzz. Like Colby didn't even have to say a word. He just showed up and they're like, Oh shit, it's Colby Covington. And at least for a little while until he started doing interviews. And then some people had that feeling about Colby again. It was like, man, we can't miss you unless you leave. And I kind of feel in this situation, like Izzy just needs to take some time man. like, go get your head right. If you want to go to 205, go to 205. And what would be super interesting is if during this hiatus between now and let's just say like Izzy comes back in July or whatever, what if DDP is the champion? Like what if DDP gets his title shot and wins the belt? All of a sudden, Izzy's comeback fight could be against Strickus Duplessis chasing the title against him. Like, that is just a whole interesting ball game in that sense as well. So, creates a very interesting storyline there. And then DDP all of a sudden has, like, a little bit of leverage. You can be like, nah, you weren't, you weren't going to give me a title shot. Maybe I won't give you a title shot. And then we have a play a political game with Izzy being the chaser. So, like, that creates a different thing. But uh. honestly, to me, I don't even have an official pick for Israel Adesanya. I don't even have a pick. My pick is take a break till like the summer of next year. Like maybe Izzy's comeback fight is like the main event of international fight week in 2024. Whoever the champion is at the time, Izzy comes back and fights him. Like, Damn. I think, I think that's fair. I think that's fair, but I don't want to see him. Like I, I think for him in his career, he needs to take a little breather because they built this card around Izzy. Like this was the, Oh, Izzy's going to headline this big event in Australia. He was getting booed, man. He was getting booed. Is people are kind of getting tired of the man. So not, not I, to mention not that it's fair, not, not that to, it's fair, yeah. but people are getting kind of tired. Like they, they need a little breather from Izzy right now. Not to mention, and I don't want to agree with anything Sean Strickland ever says, but he made a decent point. You know that there's that meme, the worst person in the world made a good point. Uh, he made a decent point at the post fight about, uh, listen, his whole thing calling uh, Izzy the China man or whatever was stupid, but it, it, the conceptually it wasn't horrible. It was maybe just the execution was bad. But post fight, his whole thing was like, 
why are you fighting at home or close to home? You know, New Zealand, Australia, not the same thing, but, you know, fighting close to home, a place where you, you have fought, where you have trained. Um, uh, you know, again, there's a lot of New Zealand fans in the building. Why are you doing that? And then doing everything in your power to look like you're representing another country. And, and, and again, there's nothing to do with China. It could have been like, he could have been wearing USA shorts. And I would have been like, why is Izzy wearing USA shorts? So I know what Izzy was going for. He's going for like, I'm a world champion. I'm a man of many nations. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've lived in China. I've trained there as well. I've fought there. So I'm, I'm a man of New Zealand. I'm a man of Nigeria. I'm a man of Australia. I'm a man of China. I get it. He, he's, he's, I'm a true world champion. Um, MMA fans are not that nuanced, really. So <laughs> I think in that sense, Strickland was right. Like, you, he may have not made fans, not lost fans, but definitely, like, confused them a little bit with, like, okay, so... He's wearing red shorts. He's representing China, but he made this whole hall blue about fighting in Sydney. The branding was strange. Uh, on this, I feel like Strickland's correct. The branding was strange. That didn't make people turn on Izzy, but maybe you're right. Maybe the performance, maybe the loss, maybe just fatigue, some Izzy fatigue, uh, might all contributed to this um, being a, a really a pretty flat and uh, down stock down week for uh, for Israel Adesanya. Yeah, I mean, ultimately they're going to try to do a rematch, but on, I, I think for, for his image, the branding, all of it, I think you just there's nothing wrong with taking a break, man. No one's saying like take three years off, but take like nine months off. Like that'd be like the longest stretch between an Israel and Asanya fight in a long ass time, man. Like he lost the belt to Pereira, and then like just five months, he just took five months off, and everyone's like, why is he getting back here after getting knocked out? He's just he's 34, so like he's still got time, but. He has a he has mileage on him. He's got a lot of fights, a lot of fight weeks, a lot of build. Like he's got to be mentally drained, man. Like he's yeah. just got to be. You, it was almost like there was a sigh of relief there when he showed up the press conference. Not the way I expected. I'm gonna hand it off to Eugene. I'm gonna go hang on my family. He's posted videos dancing to Diana King, shy guy on the bus. Like all <laughs> this stuff going on. I think there's maybe a part of it that's just like, all right, let's just get out of here for a little while. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think when he comes back, there's gonna be like a little different excitement for him. So I, I think, think so. it's, it's, it's pivotal for him right now. I think so too. I'm with you that he should take time off. However, I don't know if I want him to take that much time off as far as next summer, though that would be what's best for him. And I do have an opponent in mind, uh, like some, my best friend, someone who doesn't fight very often either. And someone who is a, another rematch for him that we've all wanted to see for a long time. But again, we've wanted to see it, I guess, for the title again, but, that's all out the window now. We don't know when or if Izzy fights for that title again. So give me Calvin Gastelum too, whenever he's ready to fight. Ooh, now, obviously, just, oh, you're saying don't make event. the move to 170. You're saying don't move to welterweight Calvin Gastelum. Come Stay back. here. Wait, did he ever? He hasn't officially made the move, right? He was supposed to drop down to 170. Did he fight at 170 again? Well, he's he's booked. He was booked against Shavkat, yes. and, and then he, he, got, he got, got injured. And I still kind of feel like they're going to go back to that. <laughs> he didn't, squeeze, and, but he did. He didn't actually. He didn't squeeze in a fight before that at 170. He hasn't actually made the drop back down yet. No, he hasn't okay. made the drop back down yet. No, I think. And, no, I think it's maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe he does, and he fights Shavkat maybe and loses. If we're talking about Izzy taking time off, maybe the time will work out that whenever Izzy's ready to fight again, Calvin's like, "Hey, I'm available. Let's let's." It wouldn't be a five rounder. I, I, if the, if they did sign it, I'd love it to be a five round co-main, but that's a hard sell for the fighters if they don't get paid more. It's a hard sell for the UFC who just doesn't like to book uh, non-title five non-title non-main event five round fights. And I don't think this would be. I don't think Izzy's fighting in the apex or anything like that. So um, unless they can make it the main event on you know a fight night card that's outside of Las Vegas, then maybe it could happen. 
but otherwise uh, it would have to be a co-main. So you only get in three rounds, but I think it's possible. And I, I really struggled, Mike. I think you're right. Him just waiting for a big opportunity is probably best, but I want to have a name out there. So if I have to pick one, let's do, let's do Gaslam too. I just, I really want to see it before their careers are over. Yeah. I mean, look, this is, Jed likes to say, there's no wrong way to, to eat these Reese's. All of this is super interesting and, and compelling stuff. So vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Man, that's the, the fall of the main event. Let's go to the Cole main event. Alexander Volkov did what kind of a lot of people expected him to do against Tai Tuivasa. I know Tai Tuivasa was, was the darling dog. I had a bet for, for Tai Tuivasa by knockout. And we kind of realized with the great Paca Porter on the watch party, probably about, a, probably about two minutes into the fight, we kind of knew where this was going. Like two, Tai just couldn't get to him. Volkov is landing. Ty was getting busted up. And then the fight ends up getting to the ground. Gets an Ezekiel choke. I believe he's the second fighter in modern UFC history. Like, there's the third overall. But as Jed said on the post-fight show, the first one was because there was a Guillaume. So, it's like a little bit of a different feel. Um, but, man, Volkov gets the Ezekiel choke. He's in a weird position, though, man. Like, heavyweight. We got John Jones. And we got Stipe getting ready to fight. We got... Sergey Pavlovich, Mr. Backup Fighter himself, who's going to be the backup for 295. Cyril Gahn's got coming off a nice win. Tommy Aspinall's in play. Jailton Almeida's getting ready to fight Curtis Blades. And Volkov's fought and lost to a handful of the guys that we've just mentioned here. Mm -hmm. Where does he go after this? Like, what did this win do for him overall right now? It can't do a lot. He just kind of holds his spot. I, I Actually, I, 
I did move him up one spot. I had I think Tuivasa seven and uh and Volkov eight, or at least that's what it was in our consensus MMA fighting global rankings. So when we update those, uh, either after Noche UFC or after UFC two ninety four, uh, you will see you know Volkov move ahead of Tuivasa. Yeah, just beat him. But other than that, it can't move him that much farther in the actual contenders line for reasons you mentioned. Guys are booked. Guys are ranked ahead of him. He's fought everybody. Um, so there's re- some rematch potential in there. But Mike, I think we, and I'm, I'm wondering if you went the same way. I think we just go the obvious route here and uh, book him against another guy who fought in the card and won, right? We just go Justin Tapa. I guess that's the way to go. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's too, if that's Man. not a great matchup for Tapa or we feel like Tapa hasn't earned a top 10 fight yet, but it's heavyweight. It's heavyweight. It doesn't take a lot to get up there. Tapa's looked pretty good so far. Going from Austin Lane to uh, Alexander Volkov would be a considerable step up in competition to be <laughs> kind, to be kind to Austin Lane. Uh, it would be a considerable step up in competition, uh, but I really had no other way to go with it. And uh, I think, I think Tapa, I think they would want to see what they have with him and they would kind of throw him to the wolves with Volkov. And if you look with Volkov's record, like he has had takes some weird fights. There was the um, uh, Greg Hardy fight. So I, I couldn't remember the other football player turned Emmy fighter. Uh, that was, a, I mean, not the original opponent, but still they, they will put Volkov in there with some, with some weirdos. And um, Justin Taffa is a talented weirdo. I think he can get that fight. And again, just based on the lack of options for Volkov right now, that's that's where I'm going to go. I'll go Justin Taffa and Volkov. So this is kind of a weird one. So again, this is one of those things where like we have to wait and we have to wait like a couple of months to see what my pick is actually going to be. So my first choice is if Curtis Blades beats Jelton Almeida, we do Volkov versus Jelton Almeida. Like you can, that there are way worse heavyweight main events the UFC has put together. If Jelton Almeida does win, then we do Sergey Spivak. It's just kind of, it's just kind of there. To go from tied to Ivasa in a co-main event spot and landing an Ezekiel choke to getting an essential unranked opponent is tough, man. That's tough. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at here. He's just in a weird spot. Like, now if Ty had won this fight and, like, knocked him out, Ty is in that, because of how popular he is and how beloved he is, he's in that conversation with with all those other guys, with the Aspinalls and all that, because... It's just one of those stories the UFC could get behind getting tied to Ibasa in a title fight. Like, even if he just gets in there and loses, like, at least he got to the dance, man. But Volkov just used his size, used his length very well, and he's just in kind of a weird place right now. So any, let's see any, what happens. Any interest in the Blades rematch? We could do that. Yeah, do I think that's Lewis a fun, rematch. Yeah. Derek, like, the newly resigned Derek Lewis, we could do that. I mean, there's, there's options we can do here, but I kind of feel like Volkov is – I'm not going to say gatekeeper. I don't know if that's the right word, but he's probably like a top five litmus test for the future of this division for the foreseeable future until things just really break apart. Like if Jones and Stipe both retire and we get like Pavlovich as champion, then we can mix things up a little bit and do some different things. But yeah, until we get through the fall and through November and the heavyweight title fight and Almeida blades, it's really hard to say like where Volkov's going to go. So uh, with an Almeida win, it's feedback with an Almeida loss. We do Volkov Almeida and we just go from there. Do we like, I don't even think we need to cue the band for, no. for Manel cop. No, Manel cops can't. fighting Kai Carfrance, right? Yeah, like this, that's it. That's yeah. a fight. A lot Nothing of heat. else makes sense. A lot of heat there. A matchup we all want to see. Uh, Mike, can I tell people beforehand? I almost didn't want to do Manel Kai. I, I, I would message you, you know, we had a, and I said, do we have to do this guy? Because 
I think like a lot of people, or maybe not a lot of people, judging by, you know, if you're judging by Twitter trolls, um, you know, Manel Cop's post by speech, him and Charlie Radke, they used a homophobic slur and it was completely unnecessary. Uh, I was glad to see Radke apologize. Radke and his, and his team probably apologized. That's fine. That's that's good to see. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really terrible way to cap off a couple of like good moments. You know, Charlie Radke, his UFC debut, not the best fight. I mean, it wasn't a great fight, but good for him for, for getting a win in his, his debut. Uh, hopefully uh, the last we see of Blood Diamond. Nothing personal against Blood Diamond. I just don't think he's a UFC-level fighter. And then uh, Charlie, you know, was fired up about the crowd booing him, probably giving him some crap all week and used that slur. Manel Kopp was a, was even worse because he won a great fight. Uh, the hit fight with Felipe Dos Santos. Awesome fight. Um, I think it won fight of the night, right, Mike? They got they got the 50 Gs. Uh, they did get the 50 they did. Gs. Okay, so, you know, well-deserved. Well-deserved for their efforts in the cage. Um, but then he caps it off with a... With a, a using that word again, using that homophobic slur again, and he really loaded it up too. Um, I can buy a rad key, like you know, not and this is not excuse it at all, but like a, a heat of the moment thing. Uh, not that again, that's not any excuse to use those words. If you're using those words in the heat of the moment, guess what? You suck. Um, but cop like really loaded it up, and I think he did apologize at the post fight press. He did, he did, but we really got to do something. I mean, it, you know, the culture of it is so bad, and and no, I won't go off on a full rant. It's bad. I don't know what else needs to be said. If you agree, uh, obviously you're a logical human being. If you disagree, I mean, you're an idiot and you're a piece of trash. But um, you got to say these words still have power. And and not just from like, oh, well, they have power because people are offended by it. No, they have power because historically they've been used to oppress and harm people and to completely denigrate a whole segment of society, a large segment of society. This isn't a small group of people. This is a large segment of society. These are people you probably know uh, and uh, people they might be out, they might not be out. They're probably people you know. Um, and if you're okay with people talking about, uh, you know, gay people like that, then that's that's messed up. Uh, it, it is not the same as saying, oh, idiot or a dummy. or Like, it's not just a generic insult. It is historically couched in, you know, because uh, uh, those people perceived a certain way, you know, gay people perceived a certain way that, oh, well, that means it's negative. So it immediately creates this negative association with people. It's terrible. It's a terrible word shouldn't be used under any context and ending your putting it in your post by speech is just absolutely ridiculous. So I'm glad both guys apologize. I hope they're sincere. And uh, yeah, I mean, matchmaking for cop just made sense because we want to see that car, car, car France fight. So just keep it in the cage. Just talk about in cage stuff. Great matchup. And the winner of that probably gets a title shot. Yeah. I, I mean, they did apologize. Dana said the same thing and there you go. It was just, it was just, kind of piercing with cop because it's just like he was kind of, like everything was like the fight was awesome by the way felipe dos santos deserves just a ton of credit that kid is so game what a freaking performance from that guy looking forward to seeing what's next for him and i'll hit that dude with everything in his power and he got dropped in the first minute but that dude just came to fight so super 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 excited to see what his future is oh he's only 22 so a lot of excitement you, there but what did the, you know yeah. about him before uh, felipe dos santos before the fight I, he's just a fun like i knew he was i knew he was like a fun exciting dude that wasn't going to be overtaken by the moment he's a shoot to box guy so those guys have just been coming in making debuts and being super like playing spoiler or at least making things really interesting so as i said even heading in like i felt like cop and his power and you saw it, and you saw it like mostly throughout the fight, like even in the first bit of the fight, like Dos Santos was having moments and he was landing shots, but when cop hit him, you could definitely see like a change in progression. 
and you could see Dos Santos really reacting negatively towards it, but it didn't stop him from moving forward. So I just felt like cops power is just going to be too much for him. But as I said, pretty much all week. And as I said, on the watch party, like that fight is going to be super fun and competitive until cop lands the finishing blow. And he never did it. He never did it. So it was kind of the fight I expected, but I just expected cop to land a knockout shot to end the fight. And he didn't. So credit to Dos Santos. He gets an extra 50 G's and, Manel Cop's going to go fight Kai Car France, maybe in a five-round main event. And it's a big fight now. I'm very mm. interested in that one. Nothing. Flyweights, AK. Flyweights. Flyweights are fantastic. The fight was so good. Nothing I saw on the tape that I saw Felipe Dos Santos told me he'd be ready for Manel Cop. Like I said, fun guy, fun fighter. But the level of competition he was fighting was, you know, okay. Not great. So he's compared to Manel Cop. And I, I guess I have to remind myself, and, and I did mention this in my prediction, he is only 22 years old. And at this stage of a 22-year-old fighter's career, the version you see in a fight from three months ago could be incredibly different from 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 now. From now, right? So, uh, I was looking at whatever his last LFA fight, which which was also a really good fight, by the way. But I was like, no, nah. like I, you know, he's a short nose replacement. He gets smoked. I say he's gonna get smoked. But even though he lost a, a pretty clear decision, he was never out of the fight. He was giving Manel a lot of problems. He was giving my five-leg parlay a lot of problems. So uh, big feature head for Felipe Dos Santos. I don't know if we're going to see the results right away. It depends how, who they match him up with. Like if they give him another top 20 guy, he's probably going to have another hard time with it. Um, but it could be a Larissa Pacheco case where maybe he doesn't do great in his first run with the UFC. He goes back, builds himself up again, and then uh, becomes just a contender. Because the, the talent is, is clearly there. Just vintage uh, shoot-to-box fighter. Oh yeah. I, he's, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to be in the UFC for like the next six to seven years, just getting better and better. So yeah, great performance. The, the best part of the whole thing was when the fight was over, like everyone knew Manel cop won, but Dos Santos gets on the cage and sits on top of it. And everyone just cheers and goes bananas. Woohoo. And then Manel gets up on the cage and they just boo the shit out of him. And they chant like be it. They chanted bullshit at him after they announced the decision and just all of it, man. Like, just a weird. He won the fight. fight. He won. Oh, the he definitely, fight. This, definitely this was a case of like of the 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 newcomer doing better than people expected. I think, and then getting. We see this in MMA all the time. And it, was it's Diego, great. it was the Diego Lopez moment. Yeah, and it's great, and people get behind them. That's great. That's great. You know, one one guy one guy goes over, the other guy gets over. Right, classic uh, pro wrestling parlance. So that's what happened here. Um, but I I I, I get why Cap uh, might have been a little frustrated by the yeah, the reaction that he got. And shout out to Landon Quinones as well. Just going in as a massive underdog. Made, made some people sweat out that Nazareth hack press minus Landon. 500, man. Ultimate Fighter 31. Good performance, Ultimate man. Ultimate Fighter 31. Never die. I didn't give him much of a chance either. He looked all right, man. He looked all right. He was, uh, he was, he, uh, Naz- Nazareth's leg is going to be iced for probably the next, uh, the rest of the week. That was, yeah. uh, so Landon looks all right. So good for him. Hopefully he, he's definitely getting another shot. He stepped in. Not on short notice necessarily, but kind of like did the UFC a favor because I think Nazareth wanted to fight in this card. And so they said, yep, Landon, come on down. So he'll, he'll get another shot. We'll get to your picks wild card round uh, in a little bit. Let's get through the rest of the main card. You already picked a fight for Justin yes, Toffa. Toffa Volkov, yeah. Um, I'm going Justin Toffa versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. Both Ooh. guys with some nasty KOs over the last uh, few weeks. So Let's just match those dudes up. And now Tyson Pedro kicks off the main card, sent the crowd into a frenzy, nasty knockout, some cold-ass stuff right there. I went with uh, Vitor Petrino, AK, for one Tyson Pedro. Oh, interesting. It's a dart, it's a dart throw, man, sure. at this point. What do you got? First of all, uh, salute to the pleasure man, Mike. I think this great nickname, great gimmick. 
Oh, you got to keep them. You got to keep. No, them. no. I was gonna say I don't think they. I don't know if they do have to, Mike. This, you have to. I don't know if you have to. And I love the Pleasure Man. I'm the number one advocate for the Pleasure Man. Uh, but this might this might be the last time that we see uh, for now. For now, he can come back. I don't. As long no 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 no. As long as Carlos Ulberg is still in the UFC, we have to do the uh, we we have to do the, the the normal matchmaking. We have to do Ladies Night into the Pleasure Man until the end of time. I don't think I I think Carlos Ulberg f's Anton Turkalia. Oh no, they're not going to fight each other. They oh no, I'll oh, just be on the same card. Yeah, Ulberg fights. The fight before the Pleasure Man. That's just that's I don't it. know. My guy Connor Brooks, I think, got hurt by the Pleasure Man Ladies Night um, parlay, and I don't want to see that happen again. Because as long as it's there, it's going to tempt a lot of people into doing that. And Dracali, it seems like a cool dude. Again, a great nickname. He might not be a UFC level fighter right now. He's only twenty seven. There's certainly still time. But light heavyweight's not a great division. His first fight was a weird cashweight belt with Jelton Almeida. We shouldn't even count it. I understand. But it's not like he looked amazing in either fight. Like the last the fight with Petrino was fun and he had his moments, but he didn't look amazing. It's a pretty clear win for Petrino and Pedro just knocked him out in, in under three minutes. So I love Anton Ducali. If they keep him around for another fight, fantastic. Um, Mike, this might be this might be it for the pleasure, man. It, it pains me to say it. So uh, oh, for Tyson Pedro, I want to know, has there been a fighter, Mike, whose quality of competition has gotten like lower and lower like actually maybe it's just the quality of his wins has gotten lower and lower as he's got along or hit or hit like a weird peak I'll, i will uh, his wins are his ufc debut first round submission khalil roundtree has aged very well fantastic win yeah so that's already starting pretty high yeah i know roundtree wasn't like a top 20 guy at the time but you know now we look at it now pretty high next win first round tkl paul craig big win at the time big win really good win Loses to Leo Latifi. And then he gets a weird fight with Saparbek Safarov. Um, <laughs> now, this was just so he could fight in Australia, I guess. So he wins that one again in the first round. Two more veteran names, OSP, Shogun, loses to both of them. And then Ike Villanueva, no longer in the promotion. Harry Hunsucker, no longer in the promotion, takes both of them out in the first round. And now uh, loses to Bukaskis. And then now he fights. He beats the Pleasure Man, who, it gives me no pleasure to say it, Mike, might be the worst light heavyweight on the roster right now. Uh, so it's a weird, it's weird. He started off so high and now all his wins have like gone lower in value. So I'm going to go all the way back, Mike. I'm taking him back to the Paul Craig Khalil Roundtree range. Alonzo Menafield? Ooh, okay. Ooh. I thought about that. I thought about that. That's like borderline top 15. He might be UFC's top 15. I got to look at their rankings. He might be in there. Um, Menafield coming off of a finish win over Jimmy Crute. Let me see here. Light heavyweight Alonzo Menafield is number 14. So I am going from someone wow. who I would rank as like the number 40 light heavyweight to the number 14. But it's, it's a wacky division. It depends where the fight is. It depends, you know, when Pedro's ready. It depends what, if Menafield can get another opponent. I'm sure he wouldn't. I'm sure he would see Pedro as a step back. Um, but I, I think it's a possibility. Let's do the Pleasure Man versus Alexa Kamer. We could headline a contender series event and just like loser leaves town. Let's give the man one more shot. Let's give the man one more shot. Let's do it. I want to see it. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, having said that, let's go to the wild card round. We'll select one fighter we have not match made for yet. It will match make for them right now. And then we will get to your picks. Uh, you just throw them up on the screen after we do our wild card pick picks. We'll pull them off. We'll react to them for the next 15 or 20 minutes or so until I have to check out of this hotel and get to the airport and go home so I can get some sleep. So AK, who is your wild card pick yeah. for UFC 293? Yeah, let me go first because I didn't have a lot to feel like I had a lot to work with here. I think you probably have a way better pick than I did. I just went with Jay Malarkey and Nazareth Hockeprast. I think they're both at similar stages of their career. I think it'd be a banger of a fight. Uh, and you know they 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 are you know they're on the same card. Time works out. I didn't have really have a great option. I, I I was impressed with a lot of the performances I saw, but some of these guys have so little UFC experience that it's essentially as you kind of mentioned before i'd like a dart throw as to who could be next so uh malarkey hack press for me mike uh, tell me you got something uh something spicier than that so my first choice was i was going to give carlos alberg his wish because i did like to call it a dominic reyes didn't you have a better dominic reyes pick or am i thinking of or am i thinking it's dominic it's dominic reyes anthony smith that's yeah yeah and i love that so i'm not not going yeah you can't do that good call by the way uh, good. I feel is a good color, but very Alberg, good color. But I will tell people I am a fan of what I like to call vulture callouts, where you are st- you are clearly strictly calling someone out based on their previous accomplishments and name value, not on like, oh, this is this fight will prove that you know so and so Carlos Olberg is a top fifteen contender. That doesn't prove that if he beats Dominic Reyes, but it's a good name and clearly at this stage for both men a very winnable fight. So I love the callout. I completely understand if people rolled their eyes and were like, why the hell is he calling out Dominic Reyes? I understand. I like vulture callouts. Uh, Mike, sorry. So you didn't no 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 Olberg race for you. Did not go that route. Um, I went with the guy who had a really good performance and literally no one's talking about it and no one is going to talk about it because of what happened. Shout out to Trepe Mariscal, man. Yeah. yeah. Dude is two dudes two and oh in the UFC. Jack Jenkins and him had a sick first round. Mariscal started to turn it on in round two. He throws that, delivers that incredible throw. Bad circumstances. Jack Jenkins. I don't know what the actual injury was, but it looked very nasty and looked scary. But it was a clean-cut win, man. Chepe Mariscal is a fun-ass fighter. He's getting better and better. There's talks about maybe him going down to 135. I don't think he's ready for that just yet. And if you want to go to 135, that's fine. But before you do that, Chepe, please, please, fight David Onama. Go fight David Onama. Whoa. Just go fight David Onama. And then you can do whatever you want. You go beat David Onama. You want to go to 135? Go to 135. You want to go to 145? Go to 145. I, stay at 145. I don't care. But go fight David Onama before you do anything else. Thank you very much. How high are you, and I use this term loosely with Chepe, on him as a prospect? Because he's been fighting for quite a while, actually. Um, he's he's a UFC prospect, if people want to break it down like that. But he's been fighting for a, 
a long time. We're almost at, I think, nine years, nine years. I think he's been a pro. Um, and a lot of experience. This is his 20, this was his 21st pro fight. How high are you in him as far as upside goes? He's 30. He's 30. And he's in a uh, one of the lighter weight classes where age is not your friend. So do, do you see him as someone who could be a top 20, top 15 guy? Yeah, I think so. Really? Because I'm very high on Onama. I think we're both high on Onama, right? I think Onama's a guy who I won't be surprised. I would. Onama is a guy I will be disappointed if he does not have a number next to his name at some point in his UFC career. I'm not saying necessarily top 10, but I could see Onama like working his way into the top 15. I don't know. I don't know if I, I think uh, Chepe is a fun fight guy, but I love that matchup. I love that match. I'm just curious if you see both guys like possibly turning a win into something like real. Yeah, I, I could see Chepe being kind of like in the JSP sort of conversation where he just uh, just goes on quietly goes on a run and then gets a big win against a, a sizable name and then ends up getting matched up with like a top 15 guy and getting a chance. So I understand why people are probably a little bit higher on David Onama, but I, I think Chepe is just kind of he's peaking right now. Like, I think he's in his prime. I think his confidence is up. I think he's learned a lot of valuable lessons along the way. And yeah, let's just see what he can do, man. Like, I mean, that fight with David Onama is going to tell us a lot. That would tell us a lot about both guys and, mm-hmm. and where they're at. And both this, and look, you can make a great career just being a fun, competitive fighter. You don't have to be a ranked guy. David Onama and Chepi Mariscal could be like top 30 guys forever and do very, very well. No one's going to complain when either of those guys matched up against anybody at 145 pounds, but yeah, let's just see what they got. I, I I like the matchup. I think it's super fun. You could there there could be a great like fight nighty main card opener. Let's go. I, I love that idea. Chepe Nate idea. Landwehr. Chepe Nate Landwehr somewhere down the road. That's the next we, one. If he beats David yeah. he gets Nate Nate the train next. The only reason we I think neither of us picked that is because we've I think we've picked like ten fights for Nate this year. So <laughs> if if going by like if we were able to make turn every Otno fight into reality. Uh, Nate Lander would have fought like 12 times this year against like a, a, a list of killers. So I only wish it was possible for Nate Lander to fight everyone at featherweight. It's not. So uh, yeah, we got to find someone else for, for Chippe. All right. Well, wild card round for the peeps. Let's go. What do you got? Let's go crazy. Throw in a matchup for Sean Strickland. Let me tell people. Matchups for Izzy. Whatever you got. We can list them off. We'll react. We got like 10 minutes. So we're just going to go. Nothing but your picks. We're going to pull them up on the screen and we'll get after them. So let's wait and see what we got here. Uh, let me give a quick, let me give a quick shout out first to uh, Zoe in Australia. You know, i got to give a shout out to the Aussies. Uh, she says for an event posed on paper uh, as a C at best B plus in terms of storylines. Yeah, I'd agree with that. B plus for sure. In terms of storylines, very 50, 50 for the Aussie Kiwi contingency. We're totally okay with that. Uh, and I'll just read out a couple of these picks here. Strickland, uh, uh, Zoe thinks there would be a rematch, but she does want to see Costa Hamza winner. Uh, Tui Vasa, Derek Lewis, too, because who doesn't want to see that again? Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> Cop, I really effing hate this guy, but it has to be KKF now. <laughs> and uh, there were some other picks, Mike. But uh, what do we got? What do we got from the YouTubes? Uh, also, Tai Tui Vasa versus Marco Shashiri to Lima is a great fight. To make. Oh, yeah. Just throw that out there. Uh, let's go to Tristan. We got Tristan. Justin Papa, Waldo Cortez, Acosta. There you go. Sure. Uh, Miranda, Jung Young Lee, oh, Felipe Dos Santos, Alessandro Conge, Costa. That's I want to make a magic for Miranda, but like I said, it's just kind of all over the place. So I leave it to the viewers and listeners. And that is that is a such a good matchup, Miranda and uh, and uh, Jung. Alberg Merzikanov is interesting, but I I wouldn't do that this early. Right. I think Merzikanov's a, a big ass problem. Not saying that Alberg isn't, but I, I would probably wait a little bit on that. Hack press bomb theme. That one makes a lot of sense. Uh, 
Mike versus Mike, loser retired forever. Mike Jackson is actually fighting Pat Militich. It's true that like that's a real thing, folks. Like that's super the real a uh, real thing. Uh, Gerard Izzy versus the Shemayev Costa winner. I believe that's where we're gonna go here as well. Let's see, Manel Cobb, Charles Racky, and Blood Diamond versus UFC roster watch. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I think I think roster watch is a minus. Well, <laughs> I, I, I I Cop and Radke, I think will will be okay. Uh, Blood Diamond, ironically, Blood Diamond, the least problematic of them. Uh, is probably done. I'd give uh, Roster Watch minus 800 in that matchup. Sorry, Blood Diamond, if you're out there, but uh, no, it's, it just it, it doesn't go your way sometimes. Yeah. Tafa versus... Damn, I would even want that idea. I mean, uh, again, let me, let me, again, not mix up my Australia and New Zealand. So both... Okay, so this would be Australia versus... Uh, Australia versus New Zealand matchup, which is a lot of fun. I'm assuming there's no friendship there. I wonder if maybe they've trained together at some point, but I think that's a great matchup. I think you are seeing two guys slug it out. But that has to happen in New Zealand or Australia, right? You can't throw that in the apex. No, God, no. You can't throw that. You, those two boys swinging meat hammers has to be in front of an audience and really preferably in New Zealand or Australia. So I don't know how early they go back there next year. I'm sure they will go back. Uh, and by there, I just mean the whole region. I feel we've had to apologize for that a lot this week, Mike, conflating New Zealand and Australia. But yeah, it has to happen in front of a, a rowdy crowd. Yes, yeah, so they're going to throw that fight in like Sioux Falls, South Dakota, of all places. Oh, fantastic. Jake Hadley versus Mel Cop? God, no. <laughs> no, not yet. Hadley's not a terrible fighter, but uh, no, he's coming off. He's coming off of a loss. He got yeah, run over by, by Cody Durden. I mean, it's a fun fight, not run over, but the last two rounds was, was all Cody. So, yeah. Cops, cops fighting Kaikar France. He's he's getting a top five dude for sure. Paul Craig and Whitaker didn't even fight versus no. Paul Craig is head is main eventing against Brendan Allen in November eighteenth. I believe that fight is. I'm not sure, but man, that Brendan that Sean Strickland Brendan Allen win has aged pretty well, has it not? Uh, Sean, a lot of, a lot of Sean Strickland's wins have actually aged pretty well so uh, again i'll never question the meritocracy of him getting a title fight I'll, only because of this mike we say all the time about we always say we'll just get a fight or a title shot and then often we'll go like no but it puts them on the short list this is the importance of being on that short list is when all the other options fall out guess what the ufc checks 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 guess who's guess who was there uh, the next on the list john strickland gets a title shot now he's a ufc champion so getting on the short list matters it's not it's not a sexy place to be but that's how people get teleshots sometimes. And in this case, it's how they become UFC champions, having help us. Yep. Adesanya Cannonier too. Please no, never I don't know if anyone's in a rush. <laughs> never <Yeah>. again. <laughs> uh, let me read, Mike, let me read one quick from Twitter just because it's the first time. Sure. Shout out to Helios, who, is, uh, who I've, I've, I've mentioned on the show before during a Ask Us Anything. but And I just like one of their picks here. I think, I don't know if we mentioned it. Olberg, Olberg at Roundtree. Is it time to do that? They're both streaking. They're both. No, you don't want to keep them away? Too soon. Too keep soon. them away from each other? Yeah, I, I, I like what they're doing. I like what they're doing with Allberg right now. Yeah, I don't hate step it. by step, step by step. I mean, if they book it, sure. But Roundtree wants like a veteran name in a main event spot, and I think he kind of deserves it. Mm-hmm. So let's we'll just give it to him. Uh, another Allberg versus Menafield. Oh, what's up, Jared Biagin? What's up, Greg? Uh, oh, no regular Jared Biagin. Izzy versus Rakic. It's like a potential move to two. We didn't talk about this. Yeah, sorry, we didn't talk about this. I got a couple of people who still sent in picks, even though you know we warned them. Don't maybe don't send in picks because we're doing it live. Not going to read everything. But you talk about him taking time off, Mike. Is should be the time off be to bulk up and make a proper move to two hundred five if he wants. 
Like, and, I get where Jed's coming from. Like, yeah. you've already conquered 185. Like, what else can you do besides get the rematch? Because then if he, like, fights yeah. CDP and loses, what are we going to do? Another immediate rematch? And he tries to avenge that loss, too? Like, we're almost to a point where, like, he, there's not much more he could do. Yeah. And if by some chance next next year, even next summer, uh, Alex Pineda is the light heavyweight champion, that yeah. is a fight he walks right into. He yep. won, They're one and one. He knocked him out in the most recent fight. That's the one. So... That should have been our crystal ball pick as Pereira beats uh, Yuri, maybe defends the title once, and then fights Izzy one more time. I hope that ha- MMA give us something straightforward and, and predictable for once, please. Tuivasa Tybora. Did they not? That's in my head a fight that, like, I don't think they fought. In my head, I feel like that happened, but I'm pretty sure it has not happened. No, it's not. Olcott versus feedback. So I saw a bunch of this, even with, like, the messages that I got. Uh, Strickland, like, Kamara oh, moves wow. up to 185 and avenges his buddy's loss. That's a deep cut. That's a deep too. I, I was about to say, I was about to say, have they fought? And I'm like, right, Strickland was a welterweight once upon a time. And that fight is a thing that happened. So, uh, hey, Kamaru, guess what? You can say you have a win over a uh, middleweight champion. How about that? Um, I don't think that happens, but I like, I like where the head is at, though. Izzy versus Rob 3, main event New Zealand, fight night or pay-per-view doesn't matter. What do you think about doing the trilogy here? I like it a lot. Uh... We know Rob has really wanted it. I don't think Izzy would be against it. And like I said, with the Gaslam rematch, now the title's out of the picture, it probably makes it more possible. So, yeah, doable. Doable fight for sure. There's there's options for Izzy, uh, even though he's coming off this uh, pretty disappointing loss. Whitaker takes that fight without hesitation. <laughs> of course, he wants another shot. Like without hesitation. He wants another shot. Volkov-Lewis 2. Very it possible. Like, yeah, it could happen sometime, yeah. Uh, thoughts on Strickland? Is he rematch possible adjustments? I don't know. I like maybe they will rematch, but that's that is now like a back pocket fight. Like even if Strickland loses the title, you could still go back to that at some point, and it's fine. But I don't know, man. I don't know if I would pick Izzy in that fight, no matter like how how much adjust. I mean, not saying that he can't come back and win because stylistically he is a good fight, and if Izzy Izzy on his best day, probably wins. I don't know how many times. It's not like Strickland would beat him 10 out of 10 times, but I mean, he broke the man. Like, I, I, I honestly don't even want to see it. I have no desire to see that rematch right now. I don't. It, it was one of the worst possible ways for Izzy to lose that fight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because if you didn't know who was who, if this was your first time seeing Izzy fight and your first time Strickland, seeing Strickland fight, you would have just said, oh, well, Strickland's the way better fighter. Right, you wouldn't. You would have no idea that one guy is in the running for, or was, hopefully not in the conversation anymore. Uh, for now, middleweight at, at at least the second best middleweight ever, uh, and one guy was, you know, not expected to fight for the title at all. It looked completely the opposite. Chepe versus Malarkey, since you all know Jamie lost last night. Yeah, caught GC had a Malarkey bet. He sweated <laughs> that one out, and he was like, "Whew, I'll take that." But Chepe, I mean, yes, he did fight Trevor Peak at one fifty five, but he's not a lightweight. He's no, a he's not gonna, Yeah, he's that was short notice. That was just yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, Chepe's talking about moving to Bantamweight. So that was one of the things like, oh, maybe I'll get a new nutritionist. That's why, because he wants to go to 135. Olberg versus Bukowskis? There's Olberg yeah, like yeah. too far ahead. It makes sense, but I just think it's not a sexy matchup for... Well, I really, any fight with Olberg is a sexy matchup, but I mean, it's not, uh, you know, sexy metaphorically speaking. So um, it, it could happen, but it's not my favorite. Let's see... Do you have anything else? Carlo, another uh, Carlos versus Khalil. Maybe, maybe that's where we go. I don't Honestly, know. It's just they're both streak. I think they're both four fight win streaks, right? They both have a very appealing stand up style. 
rankings wise, they shouldn't be too far apart. I think uh, Khalil might be a little bit ahead, but neither guy for me is in my top 15. So this would be the fight to sort of edge one guy closer to it. Like, what would oh. I do with what would I do with Olberger right now? Wait, what are you saying? What are you saying, AK? Dog the value hunter. Uh, I don't know if you saw this comment yet. Miranda versus Ryan Hall, Grappler's Delight. Uh, I mean, RIP Gabriel Miranda in that case, but I understand the appeal of it. I do want to see more Gabriel Miranda. He, I think we all, I want to say the entire staff predicted uh, Miranda by submission, and he showed up. I, 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 I want to say a brief thing for uh, Shane Young. It's like he might need to take a break. Um, who's his teammate? Who is his teammate? Brad Riddell, right? Yeah, City Kickboxing stuff, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, he he's smart. I'm glad Barrodell is taking a break. Maybe Sh- Shane Young needs to as well. Four straight losses, missed weight so badly, and it wasn't like a weight miss where I think it's one of those really bad misses where you're like this is this looks like a a miss because of lack of focus, not because he was trying to like game the system. So I had very little hope for him to pull this one out, and he didn't last a minute in there. So uh, Shane Young, assuming he doesn't get released, back to the shop, take some time off, and uh, hopefully we see a, a better version. Olberg versus Jacoby. I don't, I, yeah. that's, that's a good one. I, I think like you had one. a good matchup for Jacoby last week. I think you would, if we're going by, oh, no, didn't you match it? I think you had something good for Jacoby or it might be thinking of someone else. We, we have matched up Jacoby a few times or the listeners have anyway. Yeah. I think uh, who, who, who wanted 205 in Singapore? I don't think I matched. I, I think a lot of people said Anthony Smith. No, they, they're teammates, so they won't fight. Um, I'll tell you what, Olberg versus Ryan Span. I would do that. I would yeah, do that. I like that. Uh, Lucas C, I just want to read this comment. I'm still shocked by what happened last night. Trying to decide which upset is the biggest. Leon, Usman, O'Malley, Aljo, Izzy, Strickland. This is definitely bigger than both of those. Um, Leon was on a what, 10 fight unbeaten streak. Uh, it's it's more how that fight went that makes it so shocking. He was dominating the first fight and then and then got you know that Hail Mary knockout. But on, on, but odds wise, it wasn't he wasn't that wasn't that shocking. He was on a crazy win streak. O'Malley versus Aljo. I mean, we all knew O'Malley had that puncher's chance, and it played out exactly as you would expect an O'Malley win to play out. Uh, Izzy Strickland's the shocker. is a huge upset. And for me, Mike, a top five upset all time. Not sure where it lands for you. Um, but, yeah, it's my top five. Yeah, for me personally, yes, that, that that's that's where it is. And, again, a lot of people were like, you know, you're not giving Strickland any respect. No. I'm, dude stepped in on short notice and saved the day and, and took the fight and won the belt. So you can't take anything away from the man. But yeah, man, it's just so crazy. This is for me, part like because the betting odds are one thing, and then you just kind of look at all the different paths to victory. Like nothing will beat GSP Matt Sarah. That's no. that's etched in stone forever. But even like Pena beating Nunez, like man, maybe the timing's not good here. Maybe Pena just just need to weather a storm. Maybe Nunez just isn't taking her seriously. Like there were things out there. You're like, okay, maybe. Luke Rockhold, Michael Bisbing, crazy ass upset yep. out of nowhere. But like the way Luke Rockhold just, just kind of cast Bisbing off to the side, like he was nothing. Like you just kind of felt like, eh, maybe he's just be, maybe he's too cocky right now. Maybe the ego's a little too much. And like even even Sean O'Malley, like you just felt like, okay, there's there's a way he can win. And but this one, it just, it just it was just really shocking. This is the most chaotic thing. This whole division, like the rankings are broken. Pound for pound is never going to be the same in terms of rankings because of this result. Like it's just absolutely wild. It's absolutely wild. So uh, I see someone saying, David Zell saying, GSP Sarah was a one punch fluke. Yeah, it was a one punch fluke. That's what's so crazy about it is if they ran that fight back, that's why it's the biggest upset. If they ran that back a hundred times, 
GSP probably wins 99 times. We he saw, wins all 99. Yeah, all we saw the one time that, that Sarah would win that fight, and it happens. That's, that's what's great about MMA. It's MMA so crazy, man. Yeah. All right. I think we're good here. Yeah, I think we're good. I got I to pack up and get the hell out of here. So, uh, AK, thank you very much. I appreciate Mike. you jumping on a little bit earlier. Great I appreciate times. all of you for watching a little bit earlier. Normally, we're, like, just getting the show started now, but – schedules and time frames are different uh we'll be back live on this program uh we get a little bit of a, of a breather now uh me and gc were talking about this yesterday throughout the the pre-build for the watch party like i'm kind of happy we're getting a little bit of a break because it's like every three weeks like clockwork hopping on a plane in new york for one day hopping on a plane in new york for one day and uh now we get like a five-week breather and then it's like right back to it because we're gonna have 294 295 like right behind it and then 296 will be, you know, four weeks after that. And and, and then we're just going to be all crazy. But, but the next one, afternoon MMA for the next pay-per-view because they're in Abu Dhabi. So I believe that it's a 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. Eastern main card stop, start time, which is incredible. I love that so much. I love that so much. But you guys are, are the best. Uh, normal show next week. We will be discussing the fallout of Noche. UFC, and then we get the September 23rd card headlined by Rafael Faziv versus Matush Gamrot. Let me pull up next week's card real quick. Do the quick rundown before we do get it. out of here. Do it. Noche UFC, we have 11 fights. Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko, two for the flyweight title. We get Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Maddalena. Okay, weird. Big time, big co-main event for 170 uh, for the future of this division. Raul Rosas Jr. coming back after his first loss against Terrence Mitchell. Main card. Boy, they're not giving up on this kid. Eh? And they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Uh, Daniel Zellhuber, who is just a super impressive cat, taking on Christos Giagos, Fernando Padilla, Kyle Nelson. Lupe Godinez versus Elise Reed. We got Roman Kopilov versus Josh Fremt. We got Edgar Chirez versus Daniel Lacerda. Fun fight at 125. Tracy Cortez. Versus Jasmine Jazdavizius. We got Charlie Campbell, CFFC champ, making his debut on short notice against Alex Reyes, who returns to the Octagon for the first time in like five or six years. Long layoff for Alex Reyes, but he is back. So maybe we'll hear maybe we'll hear a little bit from Dominic Reyes next week in Las Vegas. Maybe he'll do some interviews and we'll get some because they are brothers after all. And uh Josephine Knutson taking on Marnik Mann. Marnik Mann? A blinded by the light fan? That's Manford man. Oh, I'm just see. I see. I knew I couldn't see DJ DJ Mike. I knew I couldn't sneak that past <laughs> you. I knew I couldn't sneak that past you. I was like, can I get over this? Next week, apparently. Uh, so that's no UFC. So thank you all very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy uh, week one of the NFL season, everybody. Or AKA I am Mike Heck. Always remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. And may supposed to be fun. We'll have more fun next week right here. And on to the next one on the podcast. See you later, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. 
the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com Flagship. This is a paid advertisement.